Hi, this is Anna Popovich, and this is the Blues Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Blues Podcast. I'm Big Boy Bloater. Now, today I've got a very special guest online with me. Uh, very excited about this one. Let's get straight into it. The one and only, truly an international blues superstar, the one and only Anna Popovich. Hey, Anna, how you doing? Hey, hey. how are you? I'm pretty I'm great. good, thanks. I'm back in Holland, so I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I mean, when I said international, I mean, you really are. You move about all over the place, right? Yes, yeah. I finally, we finally settled in Los Angeles, and we, we are loving it over there. And now we got a nice little excuse, because the schools didn't start yet, to uh, be here for two months in, in Amsterdam and get the family back and wait it out uh, until the schools are hopefully open. Uh, so they are doing all kinds of Zoom lessons and we are just enjoying enjoying Amsterdam and enjoying Holland. Yeah. So it's, it's been great. How's, how's the whole COVID lockdown thing been for you guys? I mean, it's, it's, it's ruined the music industry, hasn't it? But it's... Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, I mean, it's uh, way more relaxed here if you ask me about the street. I don't know the music stuff here, but... Um, that, you know, looking at the streets, it's way more relaxed because because Californians are taking it very seriously. And where I live in Manhattan Beach, there's really zero cases, and it's it's but it's really mild. But but still, you can't move around without masks and stuff. So here, it, it was a big surprise. Like the kids, I loved it that they could go to to a supermarket without masks. And it's it's strange, but hey, you know, everybody's taking it different now. The music business, of course. Wow, you know, I'm celebrating 20 years this year, and I was always saying the same thing to whoever asked me or my kids. You know, I said, when you're a musician, you can go through any crisis. Because I've been, you know, I started back in Serbia, started playing, and it was awful political situation. But I could, I, I could always play. You know, there was always people that wanted to go out, have a drink. And play now 2008 remember that that was kind of a global crisis and we were barely you know influenced by that and and kept on releasing records and playing now this is the first time that we don't however i still try to have concerts and throughout all these times uh we were able to find shows which was very important social distancing shows i think it's very important for my band and for me and that's what i'm absolutely going for whenever we can play either it's a private event or some of our fans putting together a private event for us either it's 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 a, a driving show or maybe a social distancing show yeah. so we've been playing and we are very lucky but i'm i'm insisting on that because i you, you know you can't stop the music i think it's important for the band to be busy with the music busy with thinking about music uh, versus trying to get a little job here and there um, yeah, so we are hoping this October two is gonna go on. You know, some shows fell apart, some shows been moved. Yeah. Uh, but we still got something in agenda with the clubs that want to work with us as far as doing two shows instead of the one, uh, cleaning up the place in between. So yeah, we got Maastricht coming up and they added a show because already those shows were sold out. So for that capacity, so you know, and, and then we got some in Germany, we got some in Switzerland. So hopefully, you know, we'll we will, we'll 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 go. Yeah, we'll you know, <laughs> we'll go and see who wants us, and uh, who doesn't send us back. We'll play. <laughs> I think this whole uh, two shows concept is quite a good idea, isn't it? Where they, where they literally, they will, will like fill half the venue, but do the show twice so as many people can come in. 
I bet there's going to be some super fans who want to get tickets for like both shows and see how different they are. Yeah. There'll be people writing reviews saying, oh, the first show was different from the second show and all that kind of, that's kind of exciting, right? It's very exciting. And you know, I mean, that's what really kept me going for 20 years. This is my 20th anniversary. And that's the really variety of things that you experience as a musician, you know, and everything I learned is, is uh, somewhere an, an inspiration. You know, it's actually really how you manage those unexpected circumstances uh, we stopped doing two shows many years ago, you know, and I remember uh, my manager says, you know, Anna just doesn't do two shows, you know, and, and I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like the, the two shows. I mean, in, in the States, people would, would do three shows, you know, yeah. three sets. It's like, I, I can't, I want to be giving them this exciting show from the beginning to the end. So, so he would say, you know, uh, hire a support act. And that's how we roll for years, you know, and um, now we are suddenly back to two shows again after so many years. And but you know it's it's really different because the people leave, new crowd comes in, and they're very far apart, right? They're sitting very far. It's, it's not the same energy. But you learn to maneuver through these new situations. And 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 I always have to say that there's always some inspiration in in in, in every situation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to go right back to the early days with you, if that's okay, and yeah. um, start off uh, talking about, because you grew up in Serbia, right? Now, I think a lot of people in the Western world won't really know what that was exactly like uh, back in the, you know, in the 80s, in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, but, I mean, how, how does a girl in Serbia get into blues music? Yeah, well, that was way before, uh, you know, uh, internet and all kinds of, uh, you know, Facebook uh, pages. So, so really, uh, we were listening to records back home. I grew up in a family where blues was uh, really primary music and we would listen to it uh, every day. I just, I had a conversation not long ago with Joe Bonamassa on his stream and it was the same thing. We were kind of reminiscing on some of the old days and how we would watch those VHSs and, and just uh, analyze the soul. And, and it was interesting that he also said, you know, he, he asked, do you think we were better off with not having so many options? Yeah. Um, and some were yes, you know, some were yes, because you only had so many tapes of, of so many artists. You know, I remember we had Clapton, we had a show B.B. King, we had, you know, Stevie a few shows and, and um, you know, some of the old blues stuff like Muddy Waters and, and uh, you know, you would just sit down and, um, and analyze what they were doing over and over again uh, versus yeah. now, you know, new generation, they, they just really, uh, they only have a span of attention of seven, seven seconds, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. they kind of run through them. But then again, they have so many other options, you know, to, to learn from. Um, you can have guitar lessons online all day long, um, yeah. which was, of course, not even close in our time, mm -hmm. you know. I, uh, so, so, you know, I mean, every time has some, some, some great things about it. Uh, but we were focused, that's for sure. We, were, we, we would sit down with those tapes or the records and just, just play through them over and over again until it's in your fingers. That's how it was growing up yeah. in Serbia. If, you, if you're asking for something else, I don't know, but to me, no, no, no. it was that's just cool. filled with blues and great music and rock yeah. and um, just, uh, you know, we would make an evening from just looking at, a, uh, you know, Alman Brothers Band, uh, show or Steve Ray Vaughan and just sit down and, and watch them, watch them play, you know, so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's no way my kids would sit around <laughs> waiting for that <laughs> show to be over. I mean, so, so yeah, yeah, it, it was wonderful. And, but what I said, I started playing with my first band Hush when I was um, 
when I was 18. And um, we soon after that, I moved to Holland to study music. But um, we did have about four shows a week, every week for three, three years time. And um, that was my first introduction to being a, a musician, you know, full on music, full time musician, uh, making money with music. Yeah. Uh, and in that uh, situation, it was it was very very welcome, uh, you know. So I always go and, and try to explain to children, not only my children, that it's really a good way of, of uh, having you know knowing an instrument will all will help you at, at some stage in your life. Not to mention, yeah, you know, absolutely. As as a as a you know psychologically, it's going to help you with 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 what you're doing on on the side. It's always great to to think in music, think music, and yeah. and be busy with music. Reason why I was asking that, I had a couple of friends, musicians who were into blues and rock and roll. They were in Russia in the, in the late seventies and the early eighties, and for them, getting hold of the music was was really hard. They had to go and you know, the music was kind of almost banned, and they had to go and down dark alleys late at night and switch tapes with people and things like. Was it fairly easy for you to get hold of like records and stuff, or, or you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, my my father has a huge collection of records, and uh, you know, and one time he said, you know, if you haven't heard it from me, it was probably not worth hearing. <laughs> <laughs> that was his uh, little line. Of course, it's a half a joke, but it was actually somewhere really true because I was introduced to all kinds of different different music, yeah, and funk and rock and seventies rock and um, just really really good stuff. You know, now, I, I, of, I all your, right now, of all your dad's records at that time, who was the one that really stood out? For for you, the one that really made you sit up and think, yeah, oh, I like the oh guitar man, playing in that. So many, you know, so many. <laughs> I, I remember we had um, the collection from the from the from the Roots Blues, from the Delta stuff. Where Robert Johnson, uh, Elmer James was really a record that I I wore that out because I I played slide with that um, with with his records. There's a few, and um, you know, BB King, Steve Ray Vaughan. Um, uh, Albert Collins, a few records of his, um, uh, Collins, Craig Copeland, um, Showdown, that was one of my favorite records uh, at, at that time, you know, that, that I also wore out, Robert Cray. I mean, so many, it's really hard to pick, but, yeah. but it was on a constant rotation, you know. Yeah, that's brilliant. Do you, do you remember getting your first guitar and how did that come about? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I got my first one uh, just around, just before I formed my band. And I have to thank my parents again for that, because uh, you can imagine in Serbia, it was not on their list uh, as a hobby yeah. or anybody else's list all over Europe. You know, it's, it's, it was a pricey thing at that time. So uh, uh, parents that would do that were rare. Um, so yeah, they, they took me to the, uh, I think my first one, I, I, I don't, I guess I, got it on somehow i want to say online but of course there was no online it was some sort of an advertisement right i'm thinking how i got a hold of the first strat was a 72 strat um but uh soon after that i changed that uh for a um for my fiesta red um a maple neck guitar that i still play that was my official you know first great yeah. guitar it, it's a reissue 57 and i have it on stage ever since you know it, it's always been with me but that was kind of a huge deal because we bought it right here in holland uh when we were visiting and we went into horn shop uh, that had custom shops and i got to choose one which is uh, wow. which, which is wonderful you know they they sacrificed a lot for me to get that guitar although at that time it was still kind of a hobby yeah mm -hmm. that's great though, because i think a lot of people uh starting off myself included like you know first guitar 
I got rid of my first guitar years ago. I don't know. In fact, I think I took it to bits and it fell apart and I lost all the bits and that was, it was gone. So that that's completely gone. But the fact that you've still got that, that Fiesta Red Strat, that is, that is amazing. Oh, and it's very beautiful play it. to my heart, you know? So, so I always keep it and it just keeps sounding better. It always sounded incredible, but it's that tone that, that I look for when I play a slow blues or a, or uh, any slow, slow song, it's a maple neck, so it's ringing certain ways. And it just, it just really, it, it's got those reissue pickups. Um, and it just, I think it just gets better with time. Do you think a guitar needs this kind of time to be worn in and to kind of really bed in? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, although I remember it always sounding great, you know. Uh, with my other guitar, with the 64, I did have some sort of a time where, where I, was trying out and you know try to mold it the way I needed uh and that guitar kind of had a life of its own it's a wild guitar and um uh yeah it, that was another way of being inspired by something that's that's constantly changing now maple neck that was always just great and and um then this one I had to try it out and it's my first guitar um, it's a rosewood neck, and the one that I play the most, and it's all original 64. Now that's a different story. You see that one, I had a feeling that it's constantly changing. Like I, I find it one way, it's sounding this way, and that's what I want. And the next day, it's like a surprise. Okay, it's taking me some other places, but uh, so so I, I got both. Yeah, I, I got those are my two main guitars, and then I got other guitars, but they all have a certain character with them. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, so you're in uh, you're in Belgrade. You get your first guitar and you put your band together. Hush. What kind of songs were you playing back then? And where, where, you know, was there plenty of gigs going on around there? How was the music scene? Well, we were playing, um, you know, some blues. We were uh, starting to write our own stuff. Now, back then, of course, you're writing uh, in in a language that's not yours. So that was the first try of me writing songs. Um, I think we wrote "Hometown," that used to be a song that I played long later in the set and it was on my first American debut also. Um, you know, you, you try things out and it's not your language and you have no idea what you're doing. But um, yeah, I mean, it kind of introduced me to songwriting. And then I think we had a Buddy Guy song on it. We had, uh, you know, it's been a long ago. I, I, I you know, some blues covers and, uh, but it did help me when I finally moved to to the to to Holland. Um, I went straight to a booking agent and I, you know, submitted that record that I made in, in Serbia and, and, and actually it had really good response here and a few magazines wrote about it, uh, saying that it was a good production for that time and uh, they were kind of surprised what I brought from Serbia. Right, yeah. And, you know, we played what I said four times a week and we had uh, good shows, we, we had international festivals and I always wanted more than that, I really wanted to get to the States. So um, Holland was a um, stepping stone for me and I um, studied music here uh, for a few years and I right away signed a deal with uh, Rough Records and then we uh, released it in the States. That was very soon after that. And some of those songs from my first record from Hush Time uh, were on that record too. So, you know, that was the first record ever nominated from the Continental Europe uh, for the American Blues Award. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and even now there's just not a whole lot. I don't know, you know, there's maybe a handful. You know, it's not easy to get to the States and just release something and be nominated. It's still very much reserved for American uh, artists. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to, 
maybe uh, you know pioneer that and and just um, inspire people from all over Europe, even Eastern Europe or wherever nowadays you're from. You're you're still it's still you're still able to go overseas and, and uh, make a career. And I was yeah. doing this for twenty years all, on both sides of the ocean. So yeah i mean that's how it went and then i uh was living a few years in holland and i formed my uh, band on a popish band and then at some point well we were playing so much the states at that time was clear I, I i would need to move so we left amsterdam eight years ago and we finally found our place in la and it's right, been great yeah. since yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, so yeah you're you're in holland and um that's where you studied music. Was it important to, for you like, to actually study music? I mean, you'd already been playing. So you went uh, to, what was it, the Conservatory of, of Jazz, wasn't it, to study music? Yes, I studied in Utrecht on uh, jazz, jazz department, Conservatory of Utrecht. And then I, I went to Rotterdam um, a, a year later, I think. It was a pop department. And um, it was very important for me. Uh, I mean, at, uh, Utrecht... Um, was a school where they didn't understand that people need to also invest in their own careers, unfortunately. Uh, so that um, I couldn't, although I was, I was very keen to do that. I wanted them to uh, have time for somebody who wants a career and help me out because I would like to improve my playing at that time, not necessarily to become a jazz uh, player, but there's yeah. so much gray area in between somebody who wants a career and somebody who needs to be a jazz uh, guitar player. Um, and I don't think at that time, I don't know how it is now, they understood that. And uh, I don't know how it is the rest of the, of the music academy, but that's basically their problem because um, once people graduate, 3% stays in music. I mean, you can do yeah. the research, I don't know, I mean, on, on any of the schools and especially European schools, just because of the, of the nature of the music here, you know, but it's sad to see that a lot of people leave those jazz academies and not have their career. First of all, you take the most important years of their lives yeah. when they're most creative. Uh, you know, once they, uh, you know, finish the studies, they're, what, 25, 26, who knows when they started, but, you know, what are you going to do now? And then, of course, jazz um, is a difficult genre uh, to, to break yeah. through, right? <laughs> to break through. I mean, the, the records are lowest sold and stuff like that. So you need to be able to, if you want to be jazz, right, you, you need to be able to come with something different on the plate, you know, you, on the table, bring something different to the table. So... I think those those conservatories should really find a way to really engage those children and 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 those students, uh, and and absolutely uh, try to help them in their way to to be having concerts themselves and be be you know be booked. Yeah. When are you going to be booked? If not then, at that time. So, yeah. So, um, Utrecht uh, is a is a great school academically, uh, but unfortunately, they, they all want those uh, students to be locked in their rooms and 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 just do whatever the school tells them to do. Now, I was never that kind of a student. I know I knew right away what I want to do and what my style of music would be. Yeah, it would be on the blues side, and I wanted to invest in that. Um, but it could be. As you know, now after I did so many 10 records, it's it's always on the edge of the blues and the blue note and meeting other styles. Uh, Rotterdam was a little more open and um, definitely got me into connection with, with some pop music that I wouldn't have necessarily heard 
um, before that. So, so that was interesting how you form a, a song, how you form a solo, how you uh, play in the service of a song and not just show off with your guitar, right, yeah. uh, which is very important for, for a guitar player, I think. So, so, I mean, I think those two were, were good, definitely good start for me. And by then, I mean, I was, I was having hundreds of shows a year. Um, so basically, you know, I, I couldn't even, even stay there, even if I wanted to, it would have to be some sort of, um, some sort of remote learning, but, but it was a very good experience for me. And I really wanted to learn, uh, that because in Serbia you have very limited uh, options for, for learning right, music. Yeah. Um, and then I, then I formed my band and then the rest is history. But um, it was wonderful times looking back, you know, I, I enjoyed being in downtown Utrecht, which is a, a, one big music academy and everybody's running around with their music instruments on their backs. And uh, it was just, just very free, you know, I felt very free. And um, that was the moment I made my choice because I was also uh, graphic designer studying. Yeah, I was going to ask designs. you about that, right? You start off in graphic yeah. design, right? I mean, that, there's two fairly different paths. I mean, that could have been very different for you, right? And very similar. I mean, it's all art. Yeah, it's all art. Creative, and I still yeah. think a lot in art and graphic design. I'm still, I'm, I'm still very fascinated by um, interior design, architecture. You know, those things kind of implement each other. It's all art. And, um, you know, you I see music everywhere. In a, in a beautiful art piece, you see music. In a, and, and, and the other way around, you know, they can inspire each other. So, yeah, I mean, I just, it was one, uh, it was just a moment when I really decided I'm going to go for music full time. It was a kind of a scary moment too, because, you know, there's really, in a way, no turning back. Um, but I went full time for music. Uh, well, and and that moment, I, I realistically started, you know, thinking about the future and what I need to make it work. First, I'm a Serbian um, in the Western world. I'm a woman in a male world uh, right. at that time, and um, it wasn't half as cool to be a female guitar player as it is now, or a saxophone player, or a bass player, or you know. And it's just the world is changing towards uh, female players and it's just just wonderful to see you know and and um uh, you, to witness that change you know and that's just yeah. how it's supposed to be i don't know what's going to be in 10 years from now uh are the boys back on on <laughs> in, the, in, in the front <laughs> yeah. or not? I, I can't tell that but i'm sure enjoying this moment where it's just really everybody even you know uh, guitar makers are turning towards women because they know there is a new potential uh yeah. you know crowd getting guitars and they're female so you know back then uh, it was a scary moment to let everything go and just focus on music but at the same time i decided you know what i'm gonna go for this so that means i'm gonna go call you know i'm gonna be at every jam session i'm gonna call every booking agent uh and i'm gonna obviously make my way to the states because my music uh blues yeah you can you can do that all year long or, or or lifelong here in Europe, but basically you need to be recognized over there yeah, uh, in order to make a name. And then you can come back and then, you know, do it wherever you want, but yeah. yeah. Just going back to the, the industry and how it's is very male dominated, even still now, I mean, there's, there's a lot more male musicians, uh, music industry people that, than females. What do you think we can do to encourage more women into the industry and get them playing and and you know producing and recording and doing stuff i mean it's it's happening as we speak and i think that's yeah. wonderful i don't know what we can do to uh, make it even more i mean it's i think it's going to go its natural way and it's going to show that female uh, performers have a different way of bringing something 
to the table and uh, have a, you know, it, it's sounding a little different and, and, and they got this, uh, you know, there, there's so many possibility, obviously, you know, you, you, you know, people, women going to take it different ways, you know, they're going to, they're going to merge art uh, as they're doing right now, right? Merge art and music, merge fashion and music, you know, merge acting with music, you, you know, you can, you can go any direction. And I think that's something that's going to be explode, uh, you know, that's going, they're going to try to, to find new ways in the, in the next, whatever, five, 10 years. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that and, and not to put any of my male colleagues down. I think it's just going to be, um, you know, it's going to inspire people to do something different. You know, it's no yeah. longer enough to just sit there with your guitar or stand on stage with your guitar. And, and you know, you also see a lot of what I noticed. And I think I was one of the first in this. I mean, yeah, one of the first that was experiencing with that uh, about eight years ago when I brought my nine piece band on stage. I mean, I, at that time, Tedeschi Trucks was, was starting to, to do their thing with the 12-piece yeah. band. But uh, up until then, on the festivals, blues festivals that I was playing in the States, it was usually three or four-piece. There's so much you can do. And, you know, everything sounded the same. So when I got my nine-piece band, which was, uh, I think, 2012, that was huge. You know, I mean, you have to experiment with music. And I always wrote my music as... Um, you know, having parts for horns and having parts for even strings and having parts for background vocals were always very, very, yeah. very uh, big. It wasn't just the background vocals. Like the, the word says it's background. To me, it was church style and they were leading those choruses and stuff like that. So that's how I used to write. And uh, I think, I think you know, that female artists are going to bring something new to the table and that's going to probably inspire, inspire male artists to, to start, you know, start thinking out of the box and bring yeah. something different. And uh, I think it's an exciting times. And also, you know, the record companies, you know, uh, are trying to think out of the box. And there are so many artists that are making their own records. Um, everything is shaking up a little bit. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, how do you see the music industry going at the moment? Besides the the the, the recent uh, you know pandemic thing, it's it's changed the last few years definitely with things like streaming and you know more more videos, downloads, all that sort of thing. Do you think that's a good thing for the industry, or did we have the golden days back in the sort of you know the nineties, the eighties when the album was the thing that everyone out and bought? I think what are the most important and most positive things out of these times is that you can you don't have to decide, depend on a manager to find you or a record company to make a deal with you. You yeah. know, I mean, um, Larkin Paul, right? Those sisters, they're the best examples. For example, they just did it themselves. You know, they posted videos, people yeah. loved it, and that's it. And, you know, they start having, you know, industry turn their way and are looking for uh, for them instead of the other way around. And I think that's that's very positive where if you're not afraid of work uh, and you're good and, you know, back in the day when I started, it used to be you have a good show. People come pay tickets. It takes a lot of time, of course, because you need to build your name. But hey, there were bands that were just so good live. Let me give an example. Hoax you know, yeah. hoax from, from Britain, right? Yeah. Back in the day, they, they, they fell apart later. But, but I mean, I, I remember coming to Holland thinking, wow, these guys, you know, they got the show. And um, 
why they didn't go to the States, I don't know, because they would have been a great success. But I mean, I, I remember them kind of being a hot, hot band in, in, um, in, in the European Blues Festival. So it's just a small example, but I'm saying, you know, back in the day, that used to be like, you have a great, great show, people are going to book you, you know, even if you don't have a record company or even if you're not well known. That was uh, then when I started. Nowadays, it's like you know how to work the internet, you know how to post stuff, you know how to every day, you know, stand in front of your little mirror and, and your light and, and you play a few few songs, it can really be scratchy, you can even tell jokes. Some people make a cooking show and they're musicians, yeah. seriously, there are people that actually yeah. cook in front of their audience. I mean, it's amazing and it's, it's times are changing. So I'm just saying it gives you a lot of opportunities and you don't necessarily need to be spotted by a manager or, or a record company and I think that's positive. Now, what is that going to do with, with sales of the records? Uh, I don't know. I know that when I started making my own records, I was very surprised with, uh, you know, the financial aspect of it, because if you listen to record companies, they never sell nothing, but hey, I got news for artists, it's not true. Now, where is that going to go in the coming years that, that I can't predict, but, but I always tend to think that uh, there's always something positive in the, in the change. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah. yeah, they keep on changing, yeah. I mean, speaking of change, I mean, you're an artist who's had a lot of change from, you know, move, starting in, in uh, Serbia and then moving to Holland and then you upped sticks again and moved to Memphis. I mean, that was, that's quite a big jump, right? Yeah, Memphis wasn't planned, although my first stop uh, just before the, the American Blues Awards um, when I was nominated the first time was Memphis. So I, I, I recorded my first record there and the next time I was there, I... I was nominated, so that was back in 2001, I think. Um, but I never thought of Memphis my place to live. And, and at that time, that was when I was working with a nine-piece band and I made uh, Can You Stand the Heat record. And I was uh, actually expecting my daughter, I was pregnant with my daughter, so half of that record was done in my seventh month or something. Uh, and then I had a little break and then we already had a book tour for nine weeks. Um, so we took two kids, a baby and a four-year-old and we did nine, I think it was five weeks in a row with about nine days off. Wow. Uh, it was, I think it made me older two years. <laughs> that one tour was just crazy. I think we should have probably not done that, but hey, we did it and um, uh, then we just naturally stayed in Memphis and we thought, you know, uh, we're going to stay for a year, that's it, and we'll go back to Amsterdam, but uh, we loved it. We loved the people, we loved the city. It was, I always wanted West Coast uh, or Amsterdam, one or the other, but, but Memphis was good three years and it was just wonderful also because I could really uh, ex uh, experiment with, with all three meccas of music, you know, New yeah. Orleans and Nashville and, and Memphis, and, and I used to do that for trilogy record that I done in these three cities, I would just drive, you know, I sit in my car, I drive to Nashville, do the background vocals. I love the sound of the vocals in Nashville, how they do the production in Nashville. I love the horns in New Orleans, how they play, how they produce them, how they sound. So I would have them written there. I would, uh, you know, record in there. And then for some <clears throat> specific songs, you know, the, the Memphis group was, was great, you know, not, not for all, but I mean, I had songs specifically uh, written for the Memphis drummers and Memphis right. bass players and then New Orleans drummers, New Orleans, you know, there's, there's a very big distinct difference between the grooves. And of course the yeah. Nashville gives you that, that clean production and that kind of a, 
uh, yeah, a little, a little country approach. Um, so you, you know, you have so much to choose from and that's the reason I stayed so, so long also. And of course the people are wonderful, very, very, very inviting, sudden hospitality. So that was great. And then finally I, uh, on one of my tours, I think it was with Experience Hendrix, we were in LA again. Um, and, um, we played this, uh, Greek, which is a phenomenal theater and, and then I called my husband. I said, it's time to sell everything we have. We, we got to come here. Now's the time. <laughs> How did that go down? <laughs> we have to sell everything. We have to be able to make it in LA. So um, I remember that moment. And I think I was in Avila Beach, which was a stop on the one, one road up to San Francisco, which is one of my favorite uh, roads ever. And I've seen many. Um, and I called him. I said, it's time we put everything on the market. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and, you, uh, and how did the California sound fit in for you? I mean, that's another groove again. I, I, I really, as far as music, I'm still, uh, no, no, I, I don't plan to move again. No, no, I think uh, that's going to be it. We found a place uh, in Manhattan Beach, which is very close, it's close to the airport. And it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a high-end neighborhood, got wonderful schools and cleanest air and no traffic. Because if you want to live in LA, you've got to yeah. get rid of the traffic situation. Yeah, when I went uh, to LA, the traffic, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, and we yeah. used to live in Calabasas, a uh, big um, Kardashian uh you know, clang and everything. And we didn't like that style of living, although it was beautiful and, and you know, you have so, had so much space and stuff, but we, we finally moved down to the beach again. And uh, it's very European because we don't sit in the car, we ride bicycles and uh, it's a very uh -huh. European and we walk, you know. So um, yeah, we, we found a place in the States, although we were very picky um, and we've seen places all over, you know, um, Orlando and Chicago, of course, and uh, New York. And it's either too busy, it's either too sudden, it's either too, you know, not um, open-minded enough. Now we found a place that, that just suits us. Yeah, as far as the music, uh, I still, I'm still exploring, you know, uh, LA, although I recorded some records in LA, um, you know, it, it gives you that urban, feel you can mix um you know with whatever you want really very very modern very you know and it's going to be great i'm looking forward to exploring more musically i i still do a lot of work in texas because my rhythm session is in dallas right. and i have to say that like, this last record that we are getting ready that it's just fantastic songs um that's been a COVID uh collaboration because i would just have to get out of la fly to Dallas and do some work because I, I just can't stand not being productive. So I did that a few times and it saved me, seriously. It saved me from the mad, madness of the COVID that working on music. So I would go there and I have to say this record is again, really much, uh, you know, Dallas oriented, saying that it has nothing to do with, with the Texas sound, but it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, my, my team is over there. So that's yeah. where we wrote it. That's where we recorded demos in studios. You wouldn't believe because the studios were, were closed, you know, so we yeah. have to do yeah. it at friend's place, quarantine, you know, and, and, uh, and of course get, got me to do stuff in logic and pro tools on my own, which I don't think if, if there was, I was too lazy for that, uh, if it was not <laughs> for COVID and uh, there's another positive thing that comes in every situation. I am certainly ready to do my own comps and, and record myself uh, on post tools by yeah. myself. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I mean, you, you say you've always, you know, always been moving west your whole life. So you can't see a move to Hawaii next or something? Or uh... This is it. This is as far west. <laughs> <it>? Yeah. <laughs> as far west as I'm going to go. 
Are you not going to eventually come all the way back round and end up in Europe from the other no, direction? No, no, we do, we do have a place here in Amsterdam and we love it. So this is for me an ultimate um, combination. That yeah. is, uh, and as far as, no, the kids, they're, they're older now, so, so soon we can really enjoy both cities because I miss Amsterdam and um, I miss the, the museums and culture and the way of life. So, so we actually like both and that's the idea. I, I want to be able to, and of course for my tours, I'm, I'm so often here, you know. I, I'm here now, I would have been here whole October and November and that's basically every year. You know, every year for 20 years, my years is pla are, are planned. You know, I know that, that summer is probably the States, Italy, France, summer festivals. Uh, fall is always in Europe, Germany, Holland, and I, I kind of get to enjoy those places, you know, yeah. and, then, and then the rest of the year is California and, and you know, American touring. So, yeah. What's, what's the most fun for you, touring or recording? Definitely touring. Definitely yeah. touring. I'm not a fan of recordings. I, I do it because it's a must and um, I, I love to think of the songs. I love to plan the horn parts. I love to plan the drummers, bass players and stuff like that. Me in a control room with my guitar and amp with an audience. That's just, uh, let's get it over with as soon as we can <laughs> so we can move on. Yeah. And no, I, was, I love touring and, and you know it's been 20 years since I've been answering the same question how do you do that it's so much traveling and stuff like that and it's like yeah. you know what do you know that it's just never uh too much for me like I've been doing this so long and long travel days there's always that thing at the end that's a reward which is you getting with a fantastic rhythm section and playing in front of people that are just smiling and you give them that energy that there is no travel day that's long enough and it's not going to get rewarded for me. <laughs> that's tough talk. I mean, I, I'm a musician from the UK. I've you know been touring for, I don't know, 35 years now or something. And uh, the, I think the travel is probably one of the hardest parts of the job, but it wasn't until I actually went to the States and toured in the States, I realized just how big a country the States are. And, you know, the travel there is nothing compared to the uk i mean it's uh you know i've traveled around europe which is a big place but going from town to town in the states that's really hard work <laughs> yeah well we do it obviously very i mean structure structures as you can that's what we did uh, right away when we moved it's like we're not we're not taking on agency that's going to have us drive from uh you know from from florida to nebraska we just don't do that yeah know? we don't do that i'm not on the road that long and it's always sections so we fly everybody in we meet at at the California, whatever, or, or, or East Coast around New York. And then we toured that little part for about a week. I've got two kids, so I don't do five weeks no longer. I haven't done it in years. So what we do is we still got 120 shows, but they're grouped. So you fly in uh, yeah, and you tour for a week or a max 10 days close. We don't do more than three hours a day. Like that's our three, four hours a day. Of course, there's ex examples, you know, exceptions to the rule. If we need to make it to the festival, we need to make it. But, but it, it, we try to make it as as easy so that my band members also can have their side jobs. They can teach. They can do stuff. Um, so we, we kind of really try to master this thing. But still, when people ask me, like you've been sitting in a plane now for for twelve hours. I don't mind it. You know, I, I love it. I love the, 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 the work that I'm doing. I, I'm, I can't wait to be back on stage. So um, I, I think maybe I just found the right job for me. I don't know. But, but um, I, I enjoy everything. And every job you pick, any job has downsides to it. You know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. 
how does how does the songwriting process work for you because you say you you love to work like plan out all the parts all the horn parts the vocal parts everything planned out when I mean, is it a very solitary thing for you the, the sort of songwriting aspect of, of of the business yeah yeah i think it's yeah it gives me a, a lot of pleasure i think songwriting just is something that that i enjoy doing um i i approach it very serious you know i mean if it doesn't pass my first initial you know uh, a test as far as the song it's not going to see the light of day that's for sure and that being said i'm not giving up on it uh, just I'm, I'm looking for maybe collaborators that are going to take it somewhere else or maybe the band's going to play different or maybe i'll just take a look at it again in a year or something you know yeah. I'll, I'll pull up those lyrics but but i enjoy the process and and um music musicians can give you so many different you know di different inputs you know they can inspire in so many ways um i work with different producers and uh it's been both ways like some producers want to be musicians you know some producers want to be the drummer some yeah. producers put in a bring in a in a room the best drummer and they still want to be the drummer i'm like let the let the guy play you know <laughs> let let him play it's going to inspire you you know i'm not going to tell him what to play i hired him because I like what he does. So, you know, let him shine, you know, inspire people. I'm more into like bringing the right song to the right person, right? Well, you're yeah. going to have the best drummer in the house. You bring the wrong song. He's not going to give you what he's, you know, famous for. So, you know, when I work with people like Bernard Purdy and I mean, so many incredible drummers, musicians, horns players. And so I, I, I really, my, my quest is to write a certain music and then find the right person to to deliver that and uh, and then obviously i have uh, my inputs i i have something i i want to hear uh, and i talk to them about it but uh yeah and then they still play it i might not use it but i'm just saying i i you know i'll, I'll have a few i read i you know remember how steely dan used to do bring all this incredible you know drummers and bass players and uh, they're oh, all yeah. incredible they're gonna pick one not not use the the other Nine nine, you know. So um, I don't have that that big of a budget, but I certainly do try song, and it, you would be surprised how a certain song that you thought would work great for this guy won't. You know, it, it will work great, and you might be surprised. You know. Yeah. But I'm definitely into uh, letting other people inspire me with their playing. You know, I'm I'm a big uh, fan of of great drummers, great bass players. So you know, I I want their I want their gift. The backbone of the band, right? Yeah, drummers and bass players. Absolutely. Is there um is there anyone in particular that you would really, you know, would be your dream it would be your dream collaboration to work with? I mean, there's so many. Let's not get into that now. <laughs> there's so many, right? I mean, it could it, it yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, Clapton. I I already had so many people, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 lucky that when I text somebody, they actually return the text, the text. But I, I did, you know, Sonny Landrit was on my list for a very long time. Yeah. I love Sonny. And yeah. uh, I wrote that um, uh, that song with him in mind. It was a sort of a slide um, instrumental that we did. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so you know, Sonny, I mean, uh, Joe Bonamassa on the previous record, uh, Robin Ford on the previous record. I mean, those are my top, you know, top players. I, I used to admire Robin, you know, back when I was starting in Serbia, I would sit down with, with his records and, and play and admire his style, you know, so, so many, you know, so many players I already yeah. have on my records. So yeah, who knows? 
just just between you and I right now, is there anyone you wouldn't work with? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, no. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be from this genre of music, I'm sure, because I I respect people. You know, I mean, I might not like the genre, but whoever does whatever they do in blues, you know, they're doing the best they they can. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I don't think if if anything, I could I could never be. Uh, how do you say that? I could, I could um, never write about somebody else's music. You know, I could never be the one that has to say, "Oh, you know what? This record sucks." Or because people put time in it, whatever they do, it's on their level. They put time. They do the best they can. You know, who you who are you to judge? You know, so so no. Oh, that's very nice of you. I think very nice. Uh, who, who who are you listening to at the moment? I mean, who's who's inspiring you? Who are you thinking? You know, not not necessarily even in the blues world, in the in just in the music world in general. Who are you looking to and thinking, wow, that's that's great. I, you know, I really love that vibe that they're putting out. I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm just lately I've been really busy with my music. I have to say, I am whenever I have some time, and I don't have a free time because my kids are always needing me for the yeah, song right. lessons and stuff <laughs> like that. I really don't. I'm really into my uh, music and trying to. Um, uh, you know, uh, write and trying to make those demos. Co that's not easy with uh, with with Pro Tools and stuff like that. So I'm really much into it lately. You know, I don't know what to say. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't remember last time I put something new on. I have my playlist. You know, my playlist or whatever. You know, you can what the people I just named. You know, you can listen to Robin Ford. You can listen to Joe's last record. Uh, listen to well, you know, so many. Um, some of the older stuff, Ronnie Earl, you can listen to what Stevie did, you can listen to some yeah. Hendrix. I listened to some Hendrix because I had to prepare for um, the Experience Hendrix tour last time. So I remember I went through his catalog and see how his, he was doing stuff back in the day and I thought it was incredible. Still, nobody can do that. Um, so yeah, just all kinds. Robin, uh, Ronnie Earl, Robin Ford, uh, Hendrix and uh, yeah, list goes on and on. But as I said, lately I've been I've been really focused on my music. Is there um? Let's talk about guitars a little bit. I mean, is there anything sort of guitar wise you think, man, I'd love to own that guitar or that amplifier? Or what would be the holy grail of guitars for you? Well, uh, John Cruz from um, Custom Shop Fender is building me Anna Popovich model. So it is going to be very cool. exciting. It's already almost done. So um, I'm very, very excited. It's got a, a, a very cool look to it and a great sound. So I've been going back and forward to the Fender factory and um, working with John is just incredible because, you know, he's the man behind Muddy Water Signature uh, Custom Shop, uh, Steve Ray Bone Custom Shop, um, Jeff Beck, I forgot all kinds of um, yeah. stuff he did. I mean, um, yeah, Muddy Waters, uh, Telly and stuff like that. So, yeah, we've been working together on that model. So that's a nice story. It's going to be- any, Anything in particular you're going to have in, in that custom model that you know you really yeah but i can't say that now. ah big See, secret it's, right? a, it's a secret the color is <laughs> a secret the configuration is a secret but it's coming so wow. yeah we'll just have to wait and see you will just have to wait and see yeah i can't wait so that, that's very exciting the rest um you know i i started working with cordial cables uh telephone microphones in the meantime um a lot of 
them uh, Mesa amps. Um, I got a wonderful California tweed and a shipment from them, um, uh, and a Mark V that I didn't have before, and um, a Fillmore. So they kind of shipped a few amps that was very nice, and I've been enjoying them ever since. Uh, Telefunken sent a few studio mics, which was wonderful because I needed that. And Cordial Cables is a new, it's a European based, uh, uh, you know, firm for, for, for cables. So yeah, I've been getting some gear lately and um, yeah, waiting for my guitar and the rest, um, just enjoying my 64 and my guitar yeah. collection that's kind of scattered now all over the world because we're not touring. So usually it's like I'm, I'm in touch with these guitars um but now they're they're kind of all over the place but hey hopefully hopefully maastricht's gonna be the first fingers wow. crossed yeah fingers crossed what's um what's more exciting for you guitar shopping or clothes shopping definitely clothes shopping oh really definitely yeah clothes shopping. <laughs> oh yes i've never i've never been a fan of guitar shops it's just something i don't i don't go in i i i think um i'm not a collector yeah. Uh, I've never been. So I, I, I don't really believe in just getting all these guitars and having them stacked in your room or your closet or I just, it's not my thing. I understand people love it. Um, uh, so I, I just don't, I think you have to play uh, those guitars and yeah. uh, every now and then I get guitars shipped. They're either made or handmade or, um, even presents. And I, I just, um, sometimes ship it back because i just i just don't want it to stay stay around i don't want to insult nobody and i want yeah. to just play what i love and that's my 64 strat and my um and my maple neck is another one that is very important for some of my songs um and then um while sadowski uh, that was that's very famous for the for the basses uh i'm i'm a fan of his basses now they build me a guitar and that's a very interesting guitar and i am been playing that now for for uh, half a year um, so that's interesting to, to mention, uh, that's different. That's out of my usually comfort zone. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's been few, few pieces like that. Um, Hamilton made me one now that's, that's really wonderful. It sounds very, very Steve Ray vaughn um, and yeah. it's got that wonderful logo on a Popovich this time, um, that I love from, from my childhood, from watching that video, Steve Ray Vaughan, um, with the Hamilton in it. Um, so yeah, I got a few guitars that are they're different, and um, the Angelico, of course, they they sent me a, a very nice jazzy guitar that I use for my jazzy songs, and um, I got a Martin acoustic, an Ovation, you know. So so I'm in touch, uh, trying them out and and recording and 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 um, writing with those. So yeah. I've got a question that I always ask on these podcasts and it's, it's a little convoluted. So just stick with me for a minute, but I want you to imagine that uh, we're in the future a little way and uh, they've just announced that a huge asteroid is going to hit the earth. <laughs> okay. And the president, the president of the whole world has got on the telephone to you because there's a world president in the future. And he said, Anna, we need a band for a big show for tomorrow to, so we can go out with a massive party. We want you to come and play a song and pick a special band for this event. What song are you going to play and who's going to be in your band? Okay, what song? Now that's a difficult part because the band I know, it's my band. It's going to be my band. <laughs> okay. Mother, which song? Um, which song would that be? Wow, for the end of the world? 
for the end of the world, the last song you're ever going to play? The last song I'm ever going to play. Interesting. Oh. Mm. Well, I would probably have to go back to one that they always scream about, which is called Navajo Moon. Um, and then, um, well, does it have to be one song? <laughs> no, I think... Do <laughs> a medley, um, if you like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we will probably play Navajo Moon and we will play Woman to Love. That's it, you know. That's going to be my pick, I yep. guess. With your own band. Oh, yeah, with my yeah. band. Yeah, I'll probably be... I have a European side and I have an American side. That means that we, I've got a, three European band members that are in Italy in my fabulous... Uh, horns and my Hammond player that you can actually feature that you can actually see on our latest DVD live for live recorded just before pandemic just fantastic then I have a, a American side the same Hammond player and a horns from uh, Texas and I will probably merge them for that special occasion <laughs> have a yeah. big band you have a big band band right yeah yeah um, yeah, but anyhow, no, seriously, good news is there's no end of the world yet, although it's, it's been a craziest 2020. It can't but, seem like uh, it, yeah. <laughs> So you can just take a look at my DVD, Live for Life, that is just a phenomenal concert. I waited 10 years for the right crew to record it and um, to be on stage with me, which is my band, and um, we really went through the retrospective and through all the songs uh, from 20 years, uh, you know, uh 20 years um of of our uh, unapopulish band and um recorded in south of france in december just before pandemic hit it's incredible yeah. but actually we got i'm so happy we did it back then because the band was really hot they were on the you know they, they were really sounding incredible and we recorded it with about seven cameras and uh, in a wonderful place in south of france so check it out live for life which explains it because we live for playing live and we Absolutely. live for music and we live for being on on the road one last question. Do you, do you think you're always going to play until the, till the last, till your last day? Do you think you'd see yourself playing music? Oh, I don't know that. That I don't know. I always said that, that, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm interested in many things and um, I will play until I feel that there is something to be said. You know, I mean, I made so many different records and I still keep making different records. The next one's going to be very different from anything I've made so far and that's a driving force and i think that i have to give my uh fans that's been with me for many years always a reason to go out and buy record and until i have the driving energy and that new excitement about music i will certainly play but uh when that's no longer there if that's no longer there for any reason um i i uh, i'm absolutely not gonna force it because i i came across a lot of musicians that did force it and I don't like the sight of that. I don't like the sound of that, and I don't like the sight of that. And um, I think somewhere it's also better you get out of it before you're still sane, right, and in, in charge of your own career and not having some, uh, some tour manager uh, start to lead that because there's yeah. been a few artists that, that ended up like that. So uh, music is the be most beautiful you know, uh, line of work, if you ask me, but also in a way um, dangerous towards the end. So you should know when to step out. That's what I think. T talking about some further times. Um, and on top of that, I'm always interested in many other things. You know, I mean, I always, um, a little uh, art uh, gallery in Amsterdam was always on my to-do list, always on my to-do wow. list. And I still somewhere think about 
uh, that as an option and um, just something that I would like to do, maybe as a side work, maybe as a photo, I don't know. Uh, but at, at some point in my future, I, I can see that happen very easily or, you know, enjoy art in different ways. I, I'm always busy, what I said, I'm always busy with interior. Um, yeah, so, so you know, I, I would, yeah, yeah, there's just so many beautiful things you can be busy with, you know, but m music is absolutely my passion. Beyond that, it's my passion, my joy, and uh, what I love the most. So, um, for now, I'm definitely, you know, in music full-time. I'm full-time in music. Nothing can even touch that, you know, as far as my yeah. interests are. are I, I just, uh, the, that makes me most happy working on the songs and working with the band, by far. Yeah. Anna, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today. Thank you so much for talking to us here on the Blues Podcast. Uh, good luck with all the touring and everything, and we're going to see you out on the road very soon, I know. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being a part of this. So if you've enjoyed this, why not like and subscribe to the Blues Podcast right now? All right?